Well, listen, thank you all very much for getting here this morning. It was getting worse and worse and worse, wasn't it? <laughs> I said, I think it'll be better in the city of Oxford. You know, there's a lot of traffic around. We got here, it was worse. So don't ever look to me to be a prophet. And that was true. I mean, I was with this Thomas family. It was quite a time getting here today, the sort of fear that was around. And uh, so in the end, I had to help uh, Steve and say, Steve, just, uh, you can overtake here, Steve. (laughs) And, and And we decided that this long line of cars, that at the front of it, it would be a woman. And it was... I knew that would get a response. (laughs) Well, it's a privilege to be here, and I have been looking forward to this very much. You know, at the beginning, someone said, God is here, and he is. He really is here. The presence of the Lord is here. And before you leave here today, you'll know that even more. And before you leave here today you will know that Jesus is bigger than Satan. And my text, as I start with this morning, is this. From 1 John 3, 8, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe what I've just said? Is that as loud as you can do it? Do you believe, do you believe that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil? Do you believe that Jesus came to destroy whatever demonic work may be going on in your life? Amen. Well, we're in good company. This story I want to share with you goes to Basingstoke many, many years ago. There was a young man there who had been a hell's angel and got wonderfully born again. And, uh, I mean, he was really on fire for the Lord. But he had one problem, and that was a tattoo on his arm to do with being a hell's angel. He had taken vows that went along with that. And he felt the shame of it. And he wanted it to be removed, surgically. He went to the elders and shared with them because he didn't have the money to do that. And he was asking them, did they, would they give him a loan to do that? And they said they would pray about it. Well, there came the day where he was baptized. And he went down into the water and uh, he was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when he came up out of the water, the tattoo had gone. Our Lord Jesus is powerful. He destroys the works of the devil. You know, in the Old Testament, you may wonder where I'm going with this first introduction part, but I just want to... Obedience is crucial for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And in the Old Testament, you will find that there are 613 commands which God intends his people to obey. In the New Testament, there is 1,050 commands which Jesus expects us to obey. And this morning, we're going to look, before we finish, at one of those commands. And he expects you to obey 
this morning what that command says. Jesus said this, if you love me, by the way, those commands are impossible to keep. It's true, I'm saying they are impossible to keep. And, but God has provided the way where we can obey those commands. And Jesus said this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. He, Jesus was a helper with his disciples. Now he says, there's another one coming who will help you. And how we need, in fact, we don't even know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit helps us in our infirmities. That's, you'll find that in Romans. In another place, uh, and going along here, to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Every born-again believer here today The Holy Spirit. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Right now, the Holy Spirit is at work in you. You may not think about that very often, but I want to say this. Do you believe that? Because these confessions are very important. Jesus answered somebody else and said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Another place he said, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Where do curses come from? Well, it all started in the Garden of Eden. There were no curses before Adam and Eve were put in the Garden. Everything was sublime and perfect within the Trinity, but God from all eternity was looking for a family that would fill the whole earth. And we are part of that family. And so, here, this wonderful garden, there was, I mean, the only three perfect people in the world ever was Adam, Eve, and Jesus. I don't know if you ever thought of that. There were three. It was sublime. It was utopia until sin came. Satan came, tempted them, and Eve Uh, listened to that temptation, took the fruit, gave it to Adam, and we were cursed as a whole world as a result of it. Those thorns in your garden started out of the Garden of Eden. And so Satan was cursed, first of all, because of what he did, damnable thing that he did. Then it was Eve, who was, was uh, cursed, and then it was Adam. And a few, a, a while later on, uh, Abel, Cain, was cursed for murdering Abel. Curses came through right at the beginning. Let me take, tell you something about um, generational curses. In Matthew twenty-seven twenty-five, this is to do with Jesus. And the Pilate offered to the Jews, the Jewish people that were there, who do you want, Jesus or Barabbas? And they asked for Barabbas. Barabbas was freed there. And you know what? I want to say this reverently. I'm glad he was freed because we wouldn't be here today. God is good. Jesus went all the way. But this is what they said to Pilate. They said, let his blood 
be on us and on our children. That's how it happened. That's a generational curse. You have a situation with Noah when his uh, son uh, uncovered his nakedness. Noah was lying in the tent. He was drunk. And uh, the other two sons, they took a blanket, walked backwards. They wouldn't even look and covered their father's nakedness. But but, uh, Ham, he did not. He thought it was funny, and he uncovered his father's nakedness. He was the one who invited them to look at their dad, and they refused to do it. When Noah came out of his stupor and woke up, he knew what Ham had done, and he cursed him. And that, that generation went on and on. And I would probably think it's still around because unless it's broken in some way, that went on and on and on. The descendants of Ham had a curse over themselves. And then spiritism. I think, I mean, I could go a long way in this, but just say that anyone who meddles with spiritism uh, is curses go with that. I, again, I could give you some stories about it, but for time's sake, I won't do that this morning. Um, using divination, which is part of, of, of um, spiritualism, let me just say something about divination. Um, it, it's, it's manifested in all sorts of ways. For instance, uh, they call it water witching or water divining. It's interesting uh, you can get away with it, water divining. That doesn't, well, water divining. But this, there's another word for it is water witching. That should tell us something. And we know that there are curses that go with it. Wart charming, palm reading, fortune cookies. I go with so many Christians to restaurants, Chinese restaurants, and they bring you the fortune cookies and they open it up. Now, we used to have these promise boxes. They, they were better than fortune cookies, but you, every one you drew, you drew a winner. You always got a positive response. Uh, and there was never once that there was a bad one, but these ones are all positive ones as well in these Chinese cookies. But I tell you something, it is no different than divination. It is a, a method of divination. The Ouija board. See, people say, well, it was just a game. A friend of mine, David Lang, told me a story, and I checked out with him just the other day. It, um, this was about, well, Jeanette and I have been married 55 years now, and it, this is about 55 years ago when David Lang told me this story. And about a year ago, I phoned him and said, David, could you just confirm again the story you told me? And he was at university, this Christian guy, not David Lang, but a Christian. And he invited another guy to come to their church on a Sunday morning. And the guy said to him, well, yes, he said, I'll come along to your church if you'll come along where we uh, will have a a, a seance uh, with a Ouija board. And he felt the freedom. You see, don't be afraid of the devil. I mean, one occasion in, in uh, Nigeria, in uh, Zimbabwe, uh, we went for uh, a service where I was preaching, Arnold Bennett was with me, and the building had blown down in the night where we were to meet. And they went across to another church building, and we, uh, they said, oh, yes, you can come and join us. 
And when I went in there, you had three elderly men with, with their big rods there and with rabbit things on the end of that. And I thought, this is, these are all, you know, <laughs> stuff that... Uh, and I thought, no, this is just the pl- best place to be. Preach the gospel. Don't be afraid. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Let's say that together. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Well, this this young man, uh, he went along. Nothing happened. The Ouija board was out. Nothing happened. And when he left, they consulted the board and they said, why were there no messages when he was in the room? And on the Ouija board it came out because he is a son of God. I like that story. Jesus has all power and authority. You know, let me go a bit further on here. Yeah, the other day I looked up on Google uh, old, the old farmer's almanac. You probably wouldn't know anything about that, but the older ones here would know about that, especially if you're country folk, you would know about this. This would tell you all sorts of things. And this, this one talked about March's birthstone. Uh, the aquamarine, it's got here, was thought to cure heart, liver, and stomach diseases. All one had to do was drink the water in which the gem had been soaking. Early sailors believed that aquamarine talisman etched with the likeness of the sea god Neptune, protected them against the ocean dangers. Such an innocent sort of thing. Gives you ideas about the weather and stuff like that, the way it's going to be this year. But it's no different. It's part of divination. And Jesus said this, For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord, and because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out from you. Self-imposed curses. Job was one who cursed himself. In Job 3 and verse 11, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. In verse 11, he said, Why did I not die when I was born? Then there's Jeremiah. He was another who cursed himself. And not only cursed himself, but he cursed the man who took the message to his father that Jeremiah had been born. And uh, so he, he says here, Cursed be the day I was born. Cursed be the man that brought the news to my father. A son is born to you, making him very glad. Jeremiah hated the thought that his dad rejoiced when he was born. You've got Gideon. I love Gideon. Um, but he was, he was afraid, like many others were, of their arch enemy, uh, the Midianites, who would come and attack them at harvest time and, and, and steal uh, all what they had been growing. So he threshed wheat in the wine press instead of out in the open where the wind would scatter the chaff. Suddenly, the angel of the Lord appears and announces to Gideon, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. You know, I was 
with uh, one young guy uh, who, uh, who had great doubt in himself. And uh, would, he, I mean, he would say this, I am useless. He, he was cursing himself. I am useless. So I'm sitting in a restaurant with him. We were the only ones in the restaurant apart from the waitress who was about halfway between uh, I and you there. So it was right there she was. So she heard all of this. And I, you may be shocked about what, I'm gonna say, what I said to him. I said, and he said, I'm useless. I, and I'm above my station. Well, all of us are above our station. There's not one of us here. We're all above our station. At one level, but in Christ, we're, I mean, we're right where we should be. We are in Christ. I said to him, don't you dare say that. Do you know who you are? I said, you, God sees you as a mighty man of God. That's who you are. It was an issue with, you know, he wasn't good enough for this young lady that he was courting. And uh, you'll be happy to know they did get married. And, uh, I mean, she was a well-educated young lady. And they got four boys. They did well. But that, that, that saying to yourself, I'm useless, is a cursing of yourself. Because it, it, what it does, it talks about, it, it defies God's plan in his heart, which God has a destiny for every one of us here in this room. God has given you grace in your life to be a a mighty woman of God and a mighty man of God and a mighty young man of God and a mighty young woman of God. That's who you are in the sight of God. And when you don't walk that way, the devil loves it. In fact, he whispers in your ear, and that's the way it's going to be always. Well, I tell you what this morning, Jesus is here. We've already acknowledged that. And I believe this morning, many of you are going to be set free into the grace of God in your life and make you an effective person. We were talking yesterday about apostolic churches. Listen, an apostolic church is one where everybody is being sent out one way or another. When you go to work in the morning, you're a sent one. When you're with your neighbors, you're a sent one. What, if you're a teacher, you're a sent one. If you're a nurse in a hospital, you're a sent one. You're there with God's grace in your life, but the devil doesn't want it. And you get fearful. You say, well, I couldn't, timid and so on. Listen, Jesus is going to set you free this morning. You're going to go out as mighty women of God, mighty men of God. Think of that. Chin up, shoulders back. You're the children of God. You're princes and princesses. That's how God sees you. And he's seen you like that from all eternity. Think about that. Before ever there was a planet Earth, God knew you. He had a plan for your life, and the devil does his best to spoil that plan. Isn't it Gideon? Gideon says after that, he said, please, sir, 
if the Lord is with us, why are we in this mess? Now, that's a little different there, but that's what, they, what he was saying. Um, the Lord has forsaken us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord said to him, go in this might of yours. Do not I send you. Where was the might? Well, it was the Lord's might. Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. It's right there. Again, Gideon argues back, please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Well, he can't. (laughs) He can't do it. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my father's house. The Lord responded, and it's like, you know, Gideon still couldn't see it. The Lord said, I will be with you. When you go to work tomorrow, whatever that is, the Lord will be with you. You're not going alone. One of the things, listen, I have to work at this myself about keeping remembering the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. You get involved in something, you get a bit anxious or something, we've got to move out of that and say, the Lord is with me. That's a good phrase to say, the Lord is with me. Lord, you're with me. You've promised never to leave me, nor forsake me. I'm a failure, I've heard said. I want to say to you this morning, You're only a favorite failure if you live independently of the Holy Spirit. God, as I said earlier, has a destiny for you. And I want to say to you this morning, stop cursing yourself as we go through these things. Start confessing the truth. Start confessing the truth. God loves you. He has redeemed you with the precious blood of Jesus. It's all written in his book, Psalm 139, and also in the scroll in Revelation chapter 5. I'm ugly. See, I've been doing this for about 18 months now. Wherever I go, preaching, breaking curses. And a lot of what I'm sharing is with you is what I have seen. So this is not hearsay. It's something that I have personally encountered uh, with women, for instance, and particularly. Women looking into the mirror and poking their tongues at themselves and saying, you're ugly. Now, listen, you're perfectly made in, in the likeness of God. You're just as God created you and your looks. And when you say that to yourself, you are cursing yourself. I want to say to you, every one of you women, God sees you, if you're a believer here this morning, God sees you as beautiful. As you are unique. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And when the next time you look in that mirror, You look at that mirror and say, you know what? You're a daughter of the King of Kings. And take your dignity as to who you are. It's interesting. Have you noticed these beauty contests? Not that I look at these things, mind you, but I've read about it. (laughs) And 
it's, I mean, here you've got women who actually, according to the world's standard of what beauty is, are very, very attractive. And when you read stories later on about them, you find that they are so insecure. How many facelifts they have, many of them just have so many. They're insecure. They, they can't see themselves beautiful. When a person, a woman of God, sees how God sees them, they see themselves as beautiful. And I'll tell you where the best beauty is. It's on the inside, not on the outside. God doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks on the in, in, inward appearance. He, he rejected those sons of, of Jesse and got to David. He said, man looks on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. Um, James chapter 3, verses 8 here. But no human being can tame the tongue, because most of curses come from here. In fact, all of them do. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and curses, my brothers, these things ought not to be so. He, James is addressing Christians. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. And so we find that Christians, even Christians, will put curses on others. You know, I was in Ghana uh, last uh, September, October. And I discovered there, I was with Bryn, my dear friend Bryn. We had a great time. But in that you have uh, prophets cursing other prophets on the television, other ministries. You can't believe it, but it's true. And all sorts of stuff that is speaking against other children of God. They are cursing one another. Let me tell you a story here. Um, Judson Cornwall, great Bible teacher, uh, in the States. And uh, he was taken down with a, a serious heart condition. In fact, he was so weak, when he preached, he would sit on a stool. Whilst he was preaching, there was anointing and energy. When he got off that seat, he was back to being very weak and, and difficulty standing and walking. One day, a couple visited him, knocked on the door, and he invited them in. He was expecting that he would be helping them. They came for some help. And uh, he says, so how can I help you? And they said, well, actually, Brother Cornwall, we believe God sent us to help you. And he said he felt a bit irritated inside. So he said, so, uh, all right. He said, what is it? And they said, have you ever been cursed? And he said, no. It was like the Holy Spirit said, well, that was a quick answer. And he thought, and he thought, well, actually, he said, I have. He said, I was preaching one Sunday morning in a service, and a woman stood up and prophesied against me, prophesied evil things against me. And he said, I was in Africa on one occasion, and I was grabbed and my arms pinned behind my back whilst a witch doctor put curses on me. And then they said to him, Brother Cornwall, 
Have you done what Jesus said you do when you're, you should do when you're cursed? Remember, it's a command. It's not optional. And he, he, he's a brilliant Bible teacher, and his mind went blank. And he said, what did Jesus say? And they said, bless them that curse you. You see, that is the answer to curses. It's a command. Do you know, all the commands of Jesus are for our good. Have you ever thought of that? Every one of them. And this is one of them. It's for our good. And so Judson began to bless. The witch doctor began to bless this woman who prophesied uh, this evil stuff against him. And this is his testimony. As he was blessing these two people, the power of God went right the way through him from his head to his feet. And he was instantly made whole. That's his testimony, confirmed by many people. You've got, uh, let's look at Tom Ayuka. Uh, Tom Ayuko is an, an oncologist, and for many of us, very close. He's a dear close friend of mine uh, from Uganda. He's now been living in England many, many years. Tom Ayuka was taken very ill, serious heart condition. Uh, he was moved from Uganda to Kenya, and they examined him there, and they said, no, we can't deal with this here. You'll have to go to England. And he was getting worse and worse and worse. And so he came, uh, the fact they got seats out, more than one seat for him, uh, and so he could lie down, sleep. And he arrived at Heathrow, the ambulance was waiting for him there, immediately took him to one of the major hospitals in London, where he was immediately, within hours, operated on, concerning his heart. Uh, It looked good, he went to, he was back in the ward, uh, where, well, the room where he was. About three o'clock in the morning, everything went wrong. In fact, the stitches burst. That's how it was said. And the, the person who did the surgery, uh, he came to, to Tom in the morning and he said, Tom, old, Tom, old chap, he said, uh, there's nothing more we can do. We've done our best. There's nothing more we can do. And Tom accepted that he would die. In fact, he was announced as dead on Ugandan radio, which he wasn't. And so he said, well, I don't want to die here. And he went uh, to a friend of his, another medical doctor, and stayed there. He sent for the elders at Basingstoke and for them to come and anoint him and pray for him. And so they, res- they responded by saying... Um, we are coming three days' time. It's a bit like the raising of Lazarus from the dead. We're coming three days' time. They, so they wanted to pray. David Downer and Bruce Blow got to praying for Tom. Eventually, they go up to just outside of London, and as they're going along, the Holy Spirit speaks to Bruce and says, gives him uh, three names, three African names. It wasn't James and Fred and John. It was African names. So there's strange sounds with African names. Very difficult to pronounce. But Bruce had got them 
by the Holy Spirit. So when they got to Tom, they first, the first thing they said to Tom is, God is going to heal you. That was the very first thing they said. Faith. And then after that, they, uh, Bruce said, he said, Tom, they said, have you ever been cursed? And Tom, you know, uh, he didn't know that, but he, he may have had some thoughts. Bruce then gave them the three names. Uh, perfectly. Bruce said, do you know these three men? And Tom said, yes, I do. In fact, he said, I have wondered whether they have put curses on me. So you didn't have to tell Tom about what Jesus said about blessing these three people. And Tom began to bless them, as only African prayers can do it. Bless them in their finances, bless them in their health, bless them in their relationships, etc., 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 And whilst he is doing this, and these are his words, it was like a bolt of lightning went right through his body. Healed instantly. Heart where the stitches had burst open. Here he is, healed. He goes back, uh, Bruce and, uh, and David said, listen, come back with us to Basingstoke. A few days later... Uh, in um, Bournemouth, there you have Tom splashing about in the water. In fact, he loved it so much, he spent all day going in and out of the water. He loved it. Totally healthy. It's a living miracle. Curses broken by the confession. Blessing. My daughter-in-law, Janet Coombs, Steve's wife, for months and months and months in dreadful pain, basically uh, she was on morphine as a painkiller and other things. Uh, Every time I was up there, she would be laid out on the settee. Basically, the, the pain was so much. And her back, I mean, I didn't see her back, but my wife did. It was just like all a mess, mash of of skin there and uh, she had been waiting she waited I think it was 14 months to see a specialist the specialist arrives and she sees him uh, and the specialist finished by saying he said well Janet I can't find anything what was the cause of this maybe it's one of these things you've got to get used to for the rest of your life and Janet was devastated so the next week Ron McLean and I were visiting uh, 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 Vernon to meet with the elders. And my son Steve said, Dad, could you and Ron come when you're on your way to meet with the elders and swing by and and pray for Janet? So we did. We We were only there 15 minutes. Now, I'm saying these things this morning in the presence of Almighty God. Every one of these things, particularly where I am an eyewitness and part of it, these are the true words of my heart before my God. 
the three of us, it was, uh, you know, it says the power of God was present to heal. That's what I felt like. And Ron felt the same, and Steve felt the same. The three of us prayed for Janet. But we, we said to, to Janet, first of all, about what this man had done. Now, he, he didn't mean a curse on Janet, but she was devastated. She, her expectation was, I've got to live with this for the rest of my life. And so we encouraged Janet to bless this specialist, which she did. And we prayed for her. You remember, 15 minutes. As we're walking out, Janet said, my, she said, the pain's going. Before that night was out, she was completely healed. Completely. In fact, the next day, they've got a, quite a large garden. There are folks that have been in their place. They've got a nice garden at the back with a wooden fence all the way. She was creosoting the fence. She did the whole job in one day. And she has, she's as fit as a fiddle ever since when I go up there. And I see how she is today and how she had been. I tell you, I'm, I'm emotional at the moment. But I've got this emotion is joy. Just to see my daughter-in-law whole and well and full of energy. I want to tell you, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, and Jesus is still doing it today. One lady was said to her, by her mother. She'd got this, she was about 50 years of age and she got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And her mother was just the opposite, a Baptist Christian, but very much rejected anything to do with the Holy Spirit, healing and all that sort of thing. And she said to her daughter, she said, you are going to end up in a mental hospital. And that began to get into this woman's mind, lovely Christian, but it got into her mind. And Jeanette and I together, she came forward at a a message that I was sharing on breaking curses. She came forward, which we're not going to do that today. We're going to do something else. And Jeanette prayed a beautiful prayer over her. And the curse, and she blessed her mother. And the curse was broken. That's her testimony. It's up in trail. And she she testifies of it. The, The change in her life when the curse was broken but it came out of her blessing her mother. Another one here, um, uh, a a young lady, a very precious young lady to Jeanette and I. That's all I say there, about 19 years of age. Her mother, an alcoholic. One day, this young woman went into the restaurant with two of her cousins, and her mother was there, and uh, her uncle also was there, both the uncle and the mother were alcoholics. And her mother said to her, in front of the whole restaurant, she said to this, wo- this young woman, she said, you're ugly. You're fat, and I should never have had you. I saw that young woman not many hours after that. She was absolutely, ter- you know, just so full of pain. Her mother cursed her. Her mother also cursed the second daughter who left home, even worse than with this, the youngest daughter. I don't know whether they have got the, they're not born again, 
And, but the answer for them is to bless their mother. And we pray for that mother every day as we pray for those two daughters. I want to say this. We're, going to, we're coming to a completion here. If God the Holy Spirit has spoken to you this morning, I'm going to ask you in a moment to stand. By the way, if you have cursed others yourself, you need to repent of that. You need to repent of it. My encouragement to you is that you go to that person that you have put curses on and ask their forgiveness. It's, it, it's something that you need to repent of. That, this is what we saw, see in James. Brothers, including sisters, this ought not to be so. But it happens. And so our hearts need being cleansed. We who've cursed ourselves, that is sin. And we're going to pray a prayer this morning or a declaration in a few moments that deals with that. There's a lovely psalm that I love, Create in me a clean heart. I've been told not many of you would know it here, but we're going to have a try at it. It's going to come up on the screen in a moment. How many of you know, I'll just hum the first, or do the first song. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and renew a right spirit within me. Ladies, create God has spoken to you and you're responding this morning. 
I'm going to ask you to stand right now. I'm going to ask also for Roger and for Kate to come up and join me here. And uh, they're going to be, Kate is going to pray for the ladies who are standing. And uh, Roger will be praying for the men who are standing. Remember, this is not an option. It's a command. This is the day of God's salvation. Amen. There are some of you here, men, that you cursed your son. Things that you've said to him. Some mothers here, you've cursed your daughter. You've said things to her. Spiteful things or in an anger, temper or whatever. Much of that goes on. I believe God wants to say to you today that you have to do business with God. Very, very important. I still feel there are some of you, there's a big number of you are standing, but I believe there are some right now that still need to respond. The enemy says, don't do this. And the Holy Spirit says, do it. That's right. That's it. Even as Kate prays, uh, you you continue to keep standing because I know the Holy Spirit is working on, that's it. That's it. I don't want to rush this this part of it. This This is an awesome day today. God's presence is here. And the Holy Spirit is here to set you free today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Kate. Jesus, we thank you that you came to destroy the works of the evil one. We thank you that your power is greater than everything represented here in the hearts and minds of people standing. We thank you that you have the power to break these curses and Mm. to bring freedom. And we thank you that not only you have the power, you have the heart. Yes. Lord, I thank you for the destiny in each person's life, Mm. in each person represented here who's standing before you. We thank you for the destiny that you've placed upon them, the unique destiny that you have given Mm. them. And Holy Spirit, we want to ask you to come now. We pray, Lord, that you would come into our midst right now. Mm. We pray that you would come in power and in grace. Mm. Lord, we pray that your grace would be upon every woman standing, Mm. that you would give us the ability to obey your commandment to bless those Mm. who have cursed us. Mm. Lord, I pray that you would set us free from any self-imposed curse or any curse put upon us by anybody else. That's right. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that your freedom would come now and you would set us free. You would give us the power to bless those who have cursed us, Lord. And you would set us free. I pray for freedom to come 
in, in our hearts Amen. and in our minds. I pray for emotional Amen. freedom to come. I pray mm. for mental freedom to come. I pray for physical healing to come. Mm. Holy Spirit, as you oh, come yes, to us Lord. and you set us free, Lord, yes, I thank Lord. you for those stories we've heard where you have done this, and I pray for that for us this morning, Lord, that that would be ours too, Lord. We mm. come before you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The Holy Spirit, we as men want to stand here, and the first thing we want to do, where we have spoken damaging, cursing words over other people, it may have been out of frustration or in anger or in just. Uh, a sense of bewilderment. We've spoken words over our wives, other women, Mm. our children, where we wanted the best and we didn't see it happening. We've we've spoken damaging words. Mm. And we want to say sorry. We want to repent and say we shouldn't have done it. Mm. We've left damage and we're sorry. Mm. We thank you for the grace of God yes. that is here. And we're saying, Lord, we're looking to you for your grace. Mm. And Lord, we also want to, as men, say, where we have been cursed by the words of others, mm. even going back to as many of these illustrations that Barney so clearly shared with us, we've been in those situations where we've been cursed, maybe by bosses at work, or teachers at school, or other situations. And we've had our heads down and often been angry and bitter about those words. But now, Lord, we are saying today, we bless Mm. those that have cursed us because we have a greater power. The power of the living God coming to cleanse us and free us. Mm. We bless them Mm. in the name of Jesus. Mm. We bless them and we look up to you and bless them, Lord. Mm. We say thank you for your presence. And as Barney leads us further in prayer, today is a new day with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. These confessions are very important. And I'd like you to repeat after me. I'm going to tell you first of all what they are, and then we will do it. We're going to be saying, I declare Jesus to be Lord over my life, over my past, my present, and my future. I declare that salvation, deliverance, belongs to the Lord. I declare that because Jesus was made a curse for me at Calvary's cross, the curse I have put on myself or by others can be broken. And in the name of Jesus, I renounce and repent of the curse or curses I have put on others, especially my children, my spouse, my parents, the employer who fired me, the personal persons who abused me. I confess that the curses I have put on myself are sins. I now repent and ask you, dear God, to forgive me and to cleanse me through the blood of Jesus from all these sins. I freely forgive those who have cursed me. 
And when we come to the last part, it's very important to bless these people by name. But not out loud, just as a whisper. It's just as powerful as a whisper as it is out loud. But we don't want to uncover other people. And we will go through those, uh, and you'll see how that works out. So let's do the first one that we have here. I declare Jesus to be Lord over my life. My past, my present, and my future. I declare that salvation, deliverance, belongs to the Lord. I declare that because Jesus was made a curse for me at Calvary's cross, the curse I have put on myself or by others can be broken. Can be broken. In the name of Jesus, I renounce and repent of the curse or curses I have put on others, especially my children, my spouse, my parents, the employer who fired me, the person or persons who abused me. I confess that the curses I have put on myself are sins. I now repent and ask you, dear God, to forgive me and to cleanse me through the blood of Jesus from all these sins. I freely forgive those who have cursed me. In the name of Jesus. And there we're going to bless who they are. I bless. Put that name in there. Who has cursed me. I bless them with your peace. Your love. Your kindness, your mercy. I bless them in their relationships, their family, and their friendships. I bless them financially and in the place of work or ministry. I bless them with health and strength. That comes from you. Now I would like Stephen to come and join me here. And uh, uh, yeah, would you join me as well? And and again, the pastors, the pastoral leaders of each congregation, I'd like you to come and stand up here with me, because we're going to be doing business with the devil.
Yes, uh, wives come up here as well. Sorry. Dear Father, we do thank you for your work of grace this morning. Yes, thank you. It's wonderful to look down and see these brothers and sisters who've made a choice. And we look to see the blessing and the benefit from, in, from in all of this, even today. They've come in one way, Lord. They're going out another way this morning. Thank you, Lord. We're so grateful for that. Now, in the name of Jesus, Satan, we tell you that these are the redeemed of the Lord. You have no right to any of them. And together with this whole congregation, we stand behind the Lord Jesus this morning. And we say... The Lord rebuke you, Satan. Right now, you take your hands off of them. And in the name of Jesus, we break your power over them. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the curse that's there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's it. That's it. That's it. We break it. We break it. This is not breaking it just for a day or a week or a month. This is an eternal transaction. And Satan, we say, you take your hands off of each one of these right now. The Lord Jesus rebukes you. He purchased every one of these with his precious blood at Calvary's cross. And when he did that, he saved them. But he also broke your power. Be gone in Jesus' name. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the healings that are going to be taking place, some of them already now. Oh, Father. Lord, I just think of Janet Coombs. Within those few minutes, she was entirely healed. Lord, let that be true now. Come and show yourself, O Lord God, in your mercy, your kindness, your goodness. Come with healing power. To everyone here who is afflicted in any way. And Father, we want to say this. And I personally want to say this with all my heart. To you be the glory. I don't deserve to be used of you in this ministry. But you chose it. Father, I thank you for that. But you know the times I've said, I'm not worthy. And it's all true. 
but Jesus is worthy. And Lord Jesus, we do say you're worthy to receive honor and glory, majesty, power, dominion forever and ever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. To God be the glory, great things he has done. How loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And by the way, keep blessing those people for the next two weeks. That's the medicine you're going to take away. That's the doctor's medicine. Keep blessing them for two weeks. And if you need to keep blessing, I know one man, it took him over a year because such was the pain in him before he felt really uh, that he was free from what had happened to him. So don't press on because some here this morning have been so deeply wounded. Uh, we've prayed what we have prayed. But I want to tell you, you know, one of the good things you can do is to have someone, a prayer partner, and you share it with them, and then they, they partner with you and keep on blessing, keep on blessing. Bless them that curse you. Let's just say that one more time. Bless them that curse you. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Barney, thank you. Thank you for your message. Let's just keep that on our hearts. And as Barney said, that was on my heart as well. You need to tell somebody to stand with you in this so you can be, as it were, accountable and they know where you're coming from as well. So we're just going to draw this morning to a close. Obviously, uh, please, we encourage you to go get your children. The, obviously, the doors are open. Get tea and coffee. I hope you can stay around. If anybody does feel that it's one of the... Um, Someone to stand with you, perhaps you just on your own or whatever. We'd love to stand with you and pray for you, anything else that you may have. So uh, have a great rest of the day. Um, 
There's probably, I don't know if there's any more snow outside, I've no idea, but enjoy making snowmen today or something, and uh, have a good rest of the day.